listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast, where we discuss topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. You know the things that you want to say, but you can't say? Well, that's what we're here for. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, the Strange Fruit Podcast Facebook page. Welcome to the Strange Fruit Podcast, soon to be broadcast from sunny Costa Rica. $199,000 US dollars will buy you a beautiful apartment with a pool in Costa Rica. Black folks, we can still get out. I'm Adrian Neely. Nikki Brooks. Bishop Green. Welcome to the Strange Fruit Podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I've been checking in uh, some real estate myself. Uh, but I ain't found nothing that doesn't have some funny looking mammals around, so I, I'm kind of gonna that? just stay around here. Man, you go, Adrian and Spam go first, stake out the land. You <laughs> yeah, know, they'll go, you know, find the hood for us, you know, create our little spot, you know, <laughs> and get all the spots out. That way, it'll be easier for us all to migrate, you know, they, they can go uh, stake it out first. You know what? I feel like I'll be that dude. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'll, I mean, look, and then be figure out how to get the real estate HB, you know, license, and so we shoot the commission that way, and we all work together. Yeah, we, hey, already, hey. we already talked about this real estate license thing, so we 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 almost there. It sounds like a plan. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Black sit <laughs> and down. This is and speaking of plan, the discussion Michelle and I have had. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like a plan, man. Sounds like a plan. Speaking of plans, uh, we didn't ha- uh, have any plans on seeing a boycott last week, but that definitely happened on last Wednesday, and it shocked not only the nation, it shocked the world really because what was just meant to be a one-game you know, boycott by the Milwaukee Bucks, unannounced, uh, Man, uh, due to uh, what happened with uh, the shootings in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, with uh, Jacob uh, being shot again seven times in his back, uh, and he is paralyzed from what I've been told and from what I've read uh, from different sources. But uh, they, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they boycotted last week a game, and the rest of the NBA followed after that. You know, and there was a little riffraff going on between them because they they kind of wanted to, you know, the rest of the teams wanted to know, hey, man, what, why'd y'all do that? Because we didn't even know y'all caught us off guard. You know, we got to be unified in this thing. Uh, so there wasn't a plan initially. But, you know, these are the kind of things and moments that we're going to remember during these times. Like I said, we're fighting a pandemic of a uh, coronavirus and we're fighting, like always, a pandemic of social injustice and and, and uh, uh, racial injustices uh, here in this nation. So, you know, um, so, uh, but there was, there was this uh, topic that came up uh, with this boycott, basically uh, where uh, some kind of way Obama was mentioned that he had helped Chris Paul and LeBron James uh, with this with this boycott because some real change actually came out of this, you know, uh, and, uh, it's not really been highlighted, uh, such as the, uh, Coliseum in Los Angeles, uh, the Staples center is going to be used as a, uh, voting uh, facility, a voting booth uh, facility, uh, when it's time to time to vote for this presidential election. Uh, but you know, this, uh, actual boycott is, um, not something that's unheard of. Uh, we have had former uh, NBA players uh, that were social activists, um, such as uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell back in the 60s. But there Jim was Brown. one. Yeah, I mean, Jim Brown, Brown Muhammad Ali. Ali. In 1967 in Cleveland, Ohio, Muhammad Ali <clears throat> had a uh, summit and Jim Brown, Bill Russell, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar all joined in to support him when he was stripped of his title for not uh, being drafted or taking himself out of being drafted uh, to go into Vietnam, uh, which was we found out was just uh, 
how can I say, horrendous, all the deaths that, that came out of that. Now, you take those deaths, <clears throat> and we have more deaths uh, out, outweighing that from the coronavirus, but not going to go into that right now. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, it's been reported that Obama, um, you know, was was called upon to help them come up with an agenda, come up with a plan, some some type of real change that could come from this, some type of benefit that could come from this from the owners, because the Milwaukee Bucks actually <clears throat> did get the ball rolling with their governor uh, there in their state and uh, for police reform. So that is an actual they're working on an actual bill for police reform there in, uh, you know, in the, in their state there of uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I mean, so, I mean, you know, we can talk about these things, but, you know, if real changes are coming from it and, you know, in my point of view, if you don't have anything else collectively that can um, progress a situation positively, then I, you know, it's best to just sit your ass down. You know, if you don't have any plan, don't don't jump in and, and criticize someone if you really don't have a plan, which is where I had a problem with a certain post that I saw earlier <clears throat> last week uh, or on on yesterday, I believe. And uh, and it and it kind of triggered me. Um, I hate to say that, but it did. It triggered me because it was basically a post stating that, you know, Barack Obama kindly. uh Asked the NBA players to shut up and dribble. And that was her exact words. And I was like, no, that's not how that went. Because if I come for you, if I come to Nikki and say, hey, Nikki, I need your advice on something. I don't think at that point Nikki is telling me anything negatively because why? I came to her, you know, even if she came to me in a, in a, in a manner that wasn't professional, you got to remember, I came to her for leadership. So obviously in my mind, I, I, I thought that much of her. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's just kind of how I, I look at life and, you know, yeah, you know, I think that, um, and you know, here's my issue with that. Uh, I search far and wide because even in some of the various, like, you know, groups that I'm in that are on Facebook that are, um, you know, Groups where people want to have honest conversations about race and stuff. Um, someone posted and they talked about it. And I said, okay, uh, what was said? No one could tell me what was said. So I started to then look online at the resources of, you know, so I mean everything from ESPN, uh, CBS Sports, Black Enterprise, Bleacher Report. I typed in various things trying to get a transcript of what was said. And this is what I saw. I saw that first of all there was a source that requested anonymity who said that it, so basically according to somebody with knowledge of the situation they say that um that he advised them to continue with the playoffs okay that's the one little thing that people are running with however everything else says that he based they they approached him that um he advised them on how to push for social justice initiatives and that um, he also encouraged them to um, oh this is this was the quote that I'm sorry this is the quote that I saw he he asked them to sorry computers moving slow guys my little notepad open he asked them to utilize the opportunity to contextualize action they want in order to play now, contextualizing the action that you want in order to play does not sound like shut up and dribble. No. Contextualizing the action that you want in order to play sounds like you need to write down what your needs are. Don't boycott just because you don't want to play. What is it that you need them to do? It's a negotiation. You've boycotted. But what is it that you want to see change and that you need that you need to identify it, articulate it, and contextualize it and tell them specifically what they want to do in order for you to agree to come back to play? That is what he told them to do. Because of that, uh, and that's a direct quote, and ultimately hmm. they asked him to be involved. They uh, talked about forming a, a committee 
asking that he be involved in some capacity. And they, the players on Thursday morning, ultimately decided to finish the season. Now, in addition to them deciding to finish the season, they also announced plans to form a social justice uh, coalition and then turn the arenas into voting centers. They've already, you know, in some areas have already started to take action on that where they are, um, and a matter of fact, in, in this is not basketball oriented, but it was announced today that NRG, where the Texans play, they will make it a drive-through. Uh, I'm sorry, it uh, may not be NRG. It, they will make a, they will make NRG a drive-through voting center, mm. so uh, people can vote at the stadium safely and um, come into that uh, spot. So, so my thing was that it was not, um, it was not um, parlay or relayed. Uh, uh, effectively I mean correctly my second thing is what um, you know I talk about respectability all the time and I Mm -hmm. have my issues with it but then I also here's the other part of this respectability that I think sometimes lots of people in particular our people don't always understand see we think that when someone's in the room we don't understand what is required to be in the room and that there's a certain behavior that um, that you have to have to be in the room. And people that know this behavior and that are in the room will never tell you what you're supposed to do. They'll just quietly put you out and exit stage left with a smile and a wave because your behavior will show that you don't belong in the room. And I think what often happens is you oftentimes have people who are on the outside looking in. They have no idea how to actually, number one, get into a room be safe enough to get into a room. And number two, the process required to impact change in the room and get anybody to do anything. And they're standing on the outside with no um, um, no level of um, any kind of understanding of the capacity of the room trying to tell you what you ought to do based on what they see and tell you exactly. how you ought to do it based on what they see. They're not even in the building. They're in another city. They have no idea what it takes to be in that building, in that room. And then you know what they do? They cancel us because they don't see enough evidence of us moving fast enough or in the way in which they think we ought to move when they in another city, in a whole other camp, and you in the room doing the work. Exactly. They don't know they don't know the plan. They don't know the layout. They don't know the, the exit routes. They don't know anything how to how to get that thing moving and running but they can sit- reason you have a whole right. segment of people talking about about it you never black people they don't have any idea how exactly. the political machine works or the significance of what exactly. happened and him being in the room they are looking at it from their own limited ground level pov and they have no idea they they the half has not even been told about what it even takes to get there, they, and and so, and they're vocal about it. That's what's irritating is that they're vocal. That's right. The thing, <laughs> exactly. Like the thing that bothers me is that that's coming. That also comes from the I can't use the word that I usually use with Michelle, but that comes from like what some people would call, consider the intellectual elite. That yes. didn't just come. That whole what yes. uh, we see with Obama, it didn't just come from your regular garden variety brother or sister on the street. Come on now, that was, yeah, from that was coming from Cornell West, who I've always had a bit of a problem with because it seems like. Every time there's another black voice that he, so I don't know what he figures his his level, what he where he needs to come in and approve someone. But if, whenever there's another black voice that comes in that may differ slightly from his, he seems to have a problem. I saw it with him and Spike Lee; they had to gang up on uh, Tyler Perry. Yeah. I saw it with he and Tavis Smiley when they ganged up on on uh, President Obama. I saw it with Cornell West pretty much by himself. I think there may have been one other brother when it was dealing with Ta-Nehisi Coates. So my my thing is these elites who who come in and want to act as like a divisive divisive force when it comes to other black voices who are positive voices. Um, That bothers me a lot because. I expect that from some of these people. And then part two of my thought, I guess, is something y'all alluded to, saying that they don't know the layout of the room. But then also 
they don't have a plan if they were to get in the room anyway. So not only do they not understand the layout, they don't understand the situation, they don't understand how to work said room, but they don't have a plan. Like if they were to get in the room, they would just kick you in the door waving the 4-4. They would be put out. And and, and yeah, basically not, not make any headway. So my understanding of what happened when Obama uh, actually talked to the players was some of the advice was, just kind of like if you observe what happened during the summer when we didn't have NBA ball, some of the some of the what what went down was they were like they were not visible. So Obama was like, if y'all quit playing, you will not be as visible uh-huh. as as you are when you're playing. And so uh-huh. stay visible and then thereby you still keep your voice. Listen, man, you can't win this game playing from the outside. Okay. It's just it's just it is what it is. That's like marriage or like a lottery. You got to be in it to win it. Okay. If you, if you were standing outside, you, you can't, you can't win this thing playing from the outside. That's just not how this, how this goes. I mean, what else would they have expected Nikki or Adrian? What else could they have expected these players to do? They need this TV money. NBA needs this TV money. Why are you telling these men not to go out there and get these, get these checks? They need these checks. I mean, I understand that, you know, they don't want to be a distraction. I understand, you know, when when you look at it from that point of view. But a whole lot has been, um, how can I say, achieved, not only through the NBA, but also the WNBA. Now, they may not get as many views, but you tell me what those women, man, they are doing it. I don't know if y'all saw last week where they, uh, they showed up with their shirts with the with the uh, holes in the back, seven shots in the back, like they tore holes in the back of their shirts, and they, and you know, doing the uh, anthem, they turned around and they all stood with those like holes in the back of yeah. their uh, of their shirts. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, we don't we don't give them enough credit for for them doing things like that. I wish that they had more views or viewership, you know, because them women ain't they ain't playing. I mean, they they just come on out and just put it in their face, you know, or they walked out during a, uh, an anthem. They did that a week before uh, Milwaukee uh, did the boycott, you know, when they started that thing off. But that boycott, we should never forget this boycott because we've never seen anything like it. It not only went NBA, it went all the way into tennis. Baseball. Three, three postponed Major League Baseball games. And I do believe a soccer game, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And baseball uh, is the one you wouldn't you wouldn't normally. Expect. Baseball is is Astros kind of, were the shock, not just baseball. Yeah. I ain't Astros was the shock yeah, for me. It's not our baseball is usually not. Let's just say not the domain of our people, like <laughs> like that. And man, not, not man. Have, like the NBA and the NFL, the voices are a little bit more amplified. Baseball man. is not the spot usually, but baseball being that spot says something to me, even though on the whole, I'm still a pessimist and see the whole uh, United States going to hell. Well, you know, in addition, the thing about baseball, Adrian, is that the whole, when we hear terms like America's sport, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we understand that baseball, there's an underlying pride and territory that comes along with baseball. Oh yeah. It's very difficult to talk about candidly. But you know, a but lot of people know. feel it's their sport, very much like swimming or golf. You know, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. this is our sport that we dominate in. Um, yeah, I'll just go that far as to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and like so to have. I think in Houston, people were shocked at what the Astros did, and of course, yeah. on social media, attempting to cancel them. But we all know that in reality, ain't nobody canceling nobody's sports. Really, nobody cares. I mean, man, enough liberal fans that that will watch sports. There's enough liberal people that will watch sports. Enough progressive people that watch sports. All these fools on social media talking about they lost my money. Nobody cares. Man, conservative conservatives watch as much sports as liberals watch sports. I mean, it is the bond that glues us together, and honestly, it's needed. Sports is needed. If we haven't ever seen before how badly sports uh, is needed uh, in America, then, I mean, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you've been watching. I don't know what you haven't been watching. 
I mean, the fact that when, when sports got cut out due to this coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic, it really it really took a lot of things out the way. You got to remember, a lot of bars and restaurants make their money from, you know, showing these games. I mean, so you got your money going there. You got your money going in these casinos. You got your, I mean, this thing is, this thing is a multi, multi billion dollar industry. And it supports other multi-billion dollar industries. So again, you know, we as black people, we really need to um, value our <coughs> craftsmanship and our efforts because again, we are the backbone to a lot of the a lot of the, uh, this money that that's just just able to um, flow in the, in America. Yeah, uh, again, we are. I don't like to use the word plantation. But it, it's 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 you know because we are getting paid. But you got now we're looking into ownership. You know with these with these franchises and teams. I mean we just got a black president for a NFL team that doesn't really have a name. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean here, I mean exact. I mean but just now, just now. Now my issue with it, you know, uh, all credit goes to uh, Bomani Jones on this because I listened to his podcast. And he said this, and I had to agree with him, where he was like, you know, it's not, you know, we didn't just want just a black face. Don't just throw someone up there that has no credentials for this, you know, and you're setting them to, up to fail. And then you want to point, oh, see, this is why we don't hire black people. Well, no, 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 no. You know, don't do us that way. Get someone that has uh, the credentials. You know, there's, 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 there's plenty you can choose from or train up in the way that they need to go on this. I mean, but at the same time, just don't go out there and grab a, a black face and throw them in the middle of something. And then they don't know what they're doing. And then when they fail, then, Oh, well, you see, this is why, this is why we don't, we don't go this way. You know, Nikki was saying the same thing last week when, you know, when it comes to dating and interracial dating, and, you know, when the black man, you know, all of a sudden he, he goes outside his race and he dates and, you know, and then he starts, like she says, gaslighting black women. This is why I'm not, you know, which black women because y'all y'all talk like this. You, y'all have attitudes and all this kind of stuff. Same thing. You know, we don't want just a black face in these positions, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, when they fail, they point that out and then they stick to it. They use that one time and they stick to it and it just make it a broad paintbrush and just paint us all out out, out of the out of these positions. That's that's what we're fighting today. I think more so than anything, we're trying to come up in these in these um, businesses and, and corporations where we actually have some power, not just face power, you know, because they love to use our face. They, you know, and they love to put us on uh, something w- that deals with entertainment. Oh, we we can entertain them all day. But the soon, just like on Facebook, if I entertain people with a funny meme, I'll get a bunch of likes and laughs and everybody's just lolly and golly. But if I say something as if like I did today about Martin Luther King and how he was viewed, you know, from a, a political cartoon where it basically showed, you know, he was saying, you know, I'm going to have another um, peaceful protest. And then in the background, it showed nothing but destruction and chaos. And it was a it was a political uh, cartoon of him back in the 60s. And and that's what they were trying to paint with him. But now today, you know, all you hear is all the all the good and peaceful and, you know, marching. And, you know, he was peaceful. He was peaceful. Yeah, man, he got shot. He got murdered. Well, you know, um, Bishop, and talking about, you know, to circle back to what you were saying about the sports teams, um, I love the statement that Pete Carroll made. At the same time, I know that it is exhausting for so many of us, but it is the truth. And, I, again, I think this is just a – it's the one thing that actually gives me hope, even though I see a lot of counter things that make me say, okay, well, you know, um, nothing's going to change. We're going to have the same president in November because we're outnumbered. Um, it is some of the things like this that give me hope and some of the systemic things changing. Uh, you know, like Adrian, I made Black sit before, you know, those things have to actually come to fruition might be the work that our kids do. But this is what um, what Pete Carroll said. He said, um, come back to camp this year. We entered with so many issues. 
Uh, but never before this year has it been so deep and so rich in the exchanges with our players and how they've taken this opportunity to teach us more and deeper about the life of a black man. It's like an America, black men and women. They've been compelled to speak out more than ever, of course. There's been less fear, less concern. I love that our environment is such that guys are willing to say what they can say, uh, which brings me to a point where we're speaking about all this going on. This is about racism in America, why people don't know enough. And this we get to some of the meat that he starts talking about. Um, he says, um, Black people have been fighting racism for longer than America's been a country. So it's not on them alone to continue to mm. speak out and to continue to march and to continue to fight for equality. White people need to be coached up and they need to be educated about what the heck is going on in the world. Black people can't scream anymore. They can't march anymore. They can't bear their souls anymore to what they've lived with for hundreds of years because white guys came over from Europe and started a new country with a great idea and great ideals wrote down great writings and laws and all of that about democracy and freedom and equality for all. And then that's not what happened because we went down this road here and followed economics, rich white guys making money. They put together a system of slavery. We've never left it. Really. It's never gone away. And black people know the truth. They know exactly what's going on. It's white people who don't know. It's not that they're not telling us. They've been telling us the stories. We know what's right, what's wrong. We've just not been open to listen. We've been taught a false history. Um, he goes, I think it's like a 12 to 13 minute uh, press conference. Wow. In addition, he talks about uh, saying our players are screaming at us. Can you see me? Can you hear me? They just want to be respected. Um, uh, we What's right is treating people equally. We know that. Our forefathers knew it. They wrote it all down. They just didn't do it. They got caught up in making money. They figured out a way to do it and it meant persecuting and abusing an entire race of people. Goes on to say, we all see how black people are being treated in our streets. And um, in addition to calling white people, listen, he asked the coaches to do more. And then he says it's on everybody to combat racism. It's his quote. It's got to be spoken to all the different issues whether it's education, whether it's health considerations, whether it's voting rights, all of the different elements that's so screwed up, we need to go attack every one of them. We know what they are. They're out there. We've got to stop the people who are getting in the way. Yeah. yeah. And he went in there um, uh, basically saying that, you know, it's not okay. They, we see what's going on. It's got to be stopped. And then he kind of did this, you know, little coach thing in the end, like, we can do it, you know, kind of, um, yeah. kind of mentioned <laughs> into. Yeah. But again, um, the thing that gives a sliver of hope from a humanity perspective overall um, is that there are never before in our lifetime, in our lifetime, have we ever seen so many white Americans uh, speak the truth because mm -hmm. that's the one thing that is very American what is very American is to microaggress and gaslight the existence of racism and for them to say wait 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 that's right and yeah. and, and, yeah. and so many I do that that is something that you know gives me a bit of uh of hope otherwise I would be totally like Nah, this ain't gonna work. We just doomed forever. But you had that so. <laughs> hope that I don't have because I, um, I you know, you know, and, and it, it's mainly because we still, I still kind of notice that there's a lot of good talking, but yeah. I still don't think like the a couple reasons. I still don't think that some people realize the stakes this year. Yeah. Um, and what's what's happening this year? I don't think they see it like we see it. I think you have like Bernie, you have Bernie Bros, who are already they're still and to me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use a term that I've been avoiding uh, just because <laughs> I hate having the discussion about the term after the fact. But when we talk about white privilege, to me, it's a privilege. To say if my particular Democratic or Socialist or whatever you want to call them candidate does not get in, then I just won't vote. And and yeah. feel like that that decision to to not do anything will not affect you. Um, whereas to me, I feel like this election has high high stakes. 
I don't I don't understand weird black people who are like, I'm not going to vote, which goes back to the whole plan thing. Like black people, we we have this whole like, I'm not going to do this because just to be contrarian or just not to do it. But then, hey, OK, well, what if we don't vote, what's the plan? I just ain't going to vote. I oh, will go to hell. You know what I mean? Because we got to have something else. If you're not going to vote, there's got to be like a plan B because the 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 alternative is that we get another four years with Tangerine Hitler and then we're like stuck in this place and it gets worse because he's a lame duck. That's the way. It's not just him. You're right, Adrian. It's him and his constituents. It's time to play Out of Context. So, you know, my thing is um, anything we say, anything we say, uh about trump it, it you know well you 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 saying it out of context or that ain't really what he meant or that ain't really what he said or you just blowing this out of proportion you know i'm getting sick and tired of being told basically i'm stupid you know i mean because for four years there have been plenty of things this man has said verbatim and you quote it and they'll tell you where you took that out of context now I'm not gonna go for the for the uh, you know the low hanging fruit. <laughs> well, it's kind of low hanging fruit because it's the, one of uh, one of the more recent ones. But, but when he got up there and got to talking about disinfectants, that comment he made back in April, okay, <laughs> and I can sit here and tell you, uh, you know, that he repeated, you know, things about basically injecting dis- disinfectants in the body and everyone was telling him or telling me that hey you took that out of context so he goes uh you know so he says uh so suppose and i quote so supposing we hit the body with a tremendous whether it's a ultraviolet or just very powerful light and i think you said that this hasn't been checked but you're going to test it and then i said supposing you brought the light inside the body which you can do either through the skin or in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. It sounds interesting. Dr. Burke's <laughs> face, that's what I would really like for them to take out of context. Say we took out of context the Dr. Burke's face when he said that, it was like, this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> that what I would like to see somebody like, hey, what, what do you think of this expression she has on her face right now? I think it looks like a, a professional doctor actually shit herself, but you made so. And then, um, so yeah, I would like to see that. That would be. I mean, man, I got more. And then it goes quote, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in one minute. One minute because it's disinfectant. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or or almost the cleaning? Because you see, it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number. So it will be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But interesting to me. So we'll see uh, the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute. That's, that's pretty you, powerful. Uh, End quote. <laughs> and I'm done. That's that's my that's my um, uh, uh, contribution to the uh, out of context uh, <laughs> game. Because I, I mean, when when I directly quoted these things, to some of my colleagues or friends, they said, oh, no, he didn't mean it like that. I mean, well, hell, how the hell do you? Somebody, <laughs> I say drink bleach. It's not that hard. Boy, Rachel, I'm going to take a drug. It's, it's like. I'm, <laughs> Nikki, I'm going to go find me a turkey place. To... <laughs> I am. Um, Orange. This one. He has so many. I don't even know which one to to choose man, like I say if you got to get the low hanging fruit go go for it uh, he's got plenty I mean but that th- that one there because it just fits right into what we got going on I'm not going to expound on that right now but yeah, yeah I'm, that, I'm torn that's, between that's my part my top two I'm torn between very fine people at the uh, Charlottesville rally versus uh what he said about Kyle Rittenhouse today that he's probably going to be killed you know the guy that shot um through protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the 17-year-old whose mom drove him there. 
and mm. um, with everybody, the gaslighting that comes from that is um, <laughs> that. Well, it is an investigation because number one, um, he had people have a right to protect themselves from a place of business for their place of business. He wasn't a business owner. He was <laughs> seventeen. No, no, um, and then the new lie. So I saw because now these hoes just make shit up. So yeah, they just make shit. <laughs> So the new lie was that it turned out it was his grandfather's uh, business that he was protecting. He's like, shut the fuck up. I mean, yeah, basically, all the all the fucks all the way up. Like this. I mean, man, wait a minute, man. He ain't even talking about this boy being illegal with this with this fire. No, he ain't talking about. It. I'm serious. That orange bitch wants to start a race war, and he does. And he really he and he so and I don't and, even know if he really cares. Start around it, Adrian. We're we're huh? dead on. We're it's the truth. He no, yeah. he really wants to start it. And, and, and there are a lot of people that think that that's what's gonna be because, like, my people say it's gonna be it's gonna be a race war. Says who? And really, what race black, war like black have people black people been preparing for? I'm confused. But, mm. but black people kill me because you got some of these extra hard ass black people who really <laughs> who can't count, and then they'll be like, "Oh, I'm ready." No, you ain't, bitch, because. It's nah. 250 million white people and there are 44 yeah. million black people. So right. no. shut the fuck up. Black you know, people. Yeah. Are, I mean, Killer Killer Mike, Killer Mike already pointed this out. And and I might have to go and find that clip where he spoke on that. He was like, look, man, don't y'all don't y'all go out here and send these young men and women out here to get killed. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, you know, because we don't get a few, but and like, you know how I feel about yeah. Killer Mike. Sometimes I feel like he gets facetious and he gets halfway anti-black, but it's cool because he say it in a cool way, but he be bullying. Um, you know, I really <laughs> he be low-key throwing shade on us, and so I don't really like it sometimes. <laughs> I think black people are full of shit truth. sometimes. So right. what's well, that it again? Killer Mike and I are a lot of like though, because I feel like black people can be full of a lot of shit too. Uh, you know, yeah. So he he does like that grouping of shit. us that I really don't like, and he tries to get his little brow beats in. He really reminds me of the kid that grew up like he probably is like super smart. He talks he talks about all of his uh, family and respectability, but since he has bars, it has allowed him to come into a group that he otherwise wouldn't qualify to be in. But because they respect his bars, he tries to get kind of hard. But he probably was. You know, we're gonna get back to that. We're gonna get back so, to that. We're gonna stay in this out yeah, of context. That's 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 a good one. Younger. But, Adrian, you, know, you one go. Of the he said, oh well, you, you know what? We are we are out of time. Go ahead. We are out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back to that. Don't hey, hold hold that thought. Adrian, what is your out of context quote you wanna you wanna add to this real quick? When he said that the coronavirus was the new democratic hoax and made it all about himself, even though it's a worldwide fucking disease. Like <laughs> there it is. Like the whole fucking world just decided to conspire against this one orange motherfucker. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, it, we just like, worried about like him. Who, who thinks everything? Who thinks that much stuff revolves around them? Like a narcissist. I want to talk about that meme that I posted today on the strange fruit podcast page on Facebook, uh, where it showed the, the, the black man behind the jail cell. And he had those two options and he was fishing for the bread and it labeled that as voting. And then there was a key to free him and it was labeled as black economics. And it got, it got quite a bit of a, of, of reaction today. And I think that ties right into what you were saying, Adrian, there, this this election has high stakes. So, uh, you know, what what are y'all thoughts about that? Meme was stupid. I mean, I'm sorry. It was it was a dumb <laughs> meme logic. Meme logic is always like the stupidest logic. It's it's always like it, it's pseudo deep. It's like fake deep. Black people, we've gotten pretty good at fake deep thanks to social media. But like, so somebody will make a meme and people, because even on the meme, and, and this is going to be the point where people who listen to the show be like, I don't like that Adrian guy. That's cool. I got enough friends. But <laughs> it's like, people. I'll be your friend, Adrian. People look at that and, and people were like, oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. I'm like, okay, but see, that's the dumbest shit ever. And there was another brother on there who I just said, why can't we do both? I said, they're not either or. And then the other brother went, another brother on there went in, one of your boys tagged him and he yeah. went in yeah. saying the same thing and I liked what he said he said why can't 
why can't black people act like we can walk and chew gum at the same time? Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason for us to look at at voting. And but first of all, most of the people is always talking about black economics. They don't they don't have an idea what black economics entails. No Mm-mm. idea at all. Like they just talk. Mm-mm. Black economics sounds great. That's what that's what it does. It sounds really good. They have no idea what black economics entails. It just sounds good because it got black on the front and economics in the back. And then so mm-hmm. you got people. Yeah, black economics what we need. And then, but if you were to ask anybody, most of the people who were like, "Oh yeah, that's what we need," then you what's black economics? Uh, uh, we got support black business. What else? Uh, uh, you know, no, nothing else. And so mm-hmm. voting, they they put that little sad piece of bread out there like that's voting. No, voting is part of it. You need to vote, and you need to vote for president. You need to vote in the midterms. You need to vote in your local elections. You need to vote whenever you can vote. You need to exercise that option to vote. And all these weird black people who this year are like, just vote for who you want to. You don't have to be Trump. It can. It doesn't have to be uh Joe Biden. We're not stuck with Joe Biden. It can be uh the Green Party candidate. This person, my friends and I, another group of guys and I, we we discussed the Green Party, and it's like in the future. If you can hype them up and build them up, maybe it is an option. But right. uh, one of the gentlemen, uh, Chris, who's just really knowledgeable, told me about, and I wish I could remember the name of this group, but basically it, it's just kind of like how the debates and everything happen. These people are the ones who kind of who kind of determine who gets to be a part of those debates. And there's a certain amount of money that goes into that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so if you can't, if you can't even, if the Green Party candidate is just so, you know, piss poor that they can't be part of that debate, they're still not getting to be the face. So basically right now what we are is a two-party system. We cannot, black people, and, and I'm not going to say black people, there are other groups, but I'm black, so I worry about us. We are, we can be so mm-hmm. half-assed about our approach to stuff like this in that we're like, we now that we're up on it, it's just like like everybody and their mama was in college. You know, you you knew about the assignment. There was an there was that huge assignment at the end of the semester that you knew about at the very beginning of the semester. And then then a week out, you start sweating. And then two days before that project is due, you are hustling. If two days, maybe that, that the day of you typing all night, you cooking all night. But most of the time, you're hustling. So that's what that's that's how we approach black economics. And elections, like if, mm. if we want to involve the Green Party, if we want to involve another party, if we want to have another movement, we need to be thinking about that. Whoever gets in this year, and heaven forbid, it's not Trump, and you know we go back to the fifties, or you know get demancipated if that's a thing, like whatever, like <laughs> because right now anything goes. If we got a, a liar listen, and a hunger in the church, listen, them, that's no joke. Goes, but if if but. Now, it, it say he does get in and we we got this orange bastard for four more years, then the next thing we need to do is everybody needs to mobilize and start thinking about thinking about what needs to go down four years from now. And not just four years from now, but two years from now when the midterms come up. So that's right. So but but then to just be like, we got Joe Biden. Well, hold your vote. No, <laughs> no. We had, right. we had right. Joe Biden. We had we had my girl Liz Warren. We had Kamala Harris. We had uh, Pete Buttigieg. We had all these people, and y'all decided that Joe Biden was the only dude who could beat Trump. So now that we've got now now that we've got Joe Biden, now we basically got riding with Biden and Kamala. And you can hate Kamala, you can hate Biden, but you need to hate them when we don't have a Klansman in the White House. There you go. There you go. Those are my sentiments, Nikki. What's your what's your take? Um, I pretty much um agree with Adrian. I pretty much agree with uh I pretty much agree with Adrian there. Um actually I'm just bullshitting. What was the original question? <laughs> <laughs> this was about the meme <laughs> that we posted on the page. Back, we we circled all the way. No, but so the, I was no, like, but, but it was just what you what good. So I mean, I'm right there with you. You know what? I mean I mean basically it's it was the meme where the black man was behind the the, uh, the jail cell. Yeah, and he's reaching with no, a stick was, was, for the piece of bread, my, and it and it labeled yes, it as voting. Yes. 
my actual feeling on the meme itself on that little uh meme was it was like hotel being trash I ain't even gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know um like seriously like it's it's very similar to the one where they show like um there's somebody they like they're pushing them out of the car and they saying like democratic party and the person on the ground getting pushed out the car it's like black folks after the election it's like okay I don't understand, and I'm gonna use Adrian's word. It's contrarian. How? At what point do like we're not? I have an issue when the argument does not land somewhere. So we shouldn't vote, and we shouldn't expect um, the the president to do something for us. Uh, but then, when but then. We, I, I don't get it. Like we want them to do something for us, but then we don't want them to do something for us. Like I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. We were supposed to save ourselves, but then we're not supposed to save ourselves, and we're supposed to put it on the president who's supposed to do something for us. And if they don't, then we penalize that person. I just, to me, I just really can't get with it. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to politics, I think people show their lack of understanding and their ignorance, which in my opinion is not really cultural. It, to me, it boils Everybody. down to it's systemic because it boils down to lack of education and lack of access to education. And if you are in school systems where you are underfunded or you have teachers who really don't care or you have so many kids dealing with so many things and you wait until 12th grade when people are about to graduate, and they've already had all kinds of things hit them. And before they graduate, you teach them government. Um, as opposed to actually intertwining government in at every level of understanding, the same way that you do economics waiting. Then you have all these people who really don't understand our political system and what it actually is. If people understood our actual true political system, they would know that the very notion of a career politician is actually antithetical to a democracy. Now, that alone, that particular contradiction alone is enough for you to really know and understand at face value what the system is and isn't. And at the end of the day, politics is and has always been about who gets these monies, what monies, these tax monies, these tax monies on a... Uh, you know, local level, on a state level, on a federal level. And um, that's why we get out the gerrymandering votes and things like that that have historically happened. You know, it is the political system that establishes the monies. It's the political system that establishes the laws that ultimately govern where a lot of these monies go. And I think that if we could truly discern it under, if, it's not even about discerning if we were able to understand that alone, then that would change how people vote. People vote very emotionally mm -hmm. and passionately. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm not saying do you, that do you, so Nikki, not to cut you off, but do you think black people do that more than any other race? No. On, a, on an emotional scale? No. no. Okay. Um, we got to do I don't know, because at the same time, at the same time that I say that, Bishop, I also have to think about that in America as black folks, the only sure thing we've ever really had is how we feel. That's why we value relationships a lot more than a, a, a lot of other groups to some degree. Mm. You know, it's because that's all you have when you're at the bottom, you ain't got nothing else but each other. Mm. And so I think it's the reason that black people, we because we have been denied that economic thing that allows us to foster that individuality and come out of the group system and kind of tribe up with like-minded people, um, we've had to group to, to, together. And I think that's why even when, you know, when you, when you argue with someone about or you're talking to people and, and that argument they talk about is, well, you know, the Republicans weren't the Klan. They were the ones that, you know, the, the DNC was the Klan and RNC, you know, emancipated you. Well, and they don't understand that um, it's a privilege for them to be able to think about politics in that manner, but them not understanding how basically there was a black sit from the uh, Republican Party because uh, they thought freedmen could be free but couldn't vote. Right. 
and and then unless you a landowner and all this other stuff, you know. So so black people have not had the luxury of separating their color issues from uh political issues because the political machine is how racism was perpetuated. It was it was, you know, a lot a lot of uh a lot of racism was um I'm trying to think what I could say without, you know, like in in like 15 seconds. But someone told me this: that the president of NAACP, um, Dr. Uh, Cornell Brooks, it was a couple before he was not um, before he got out of his term of president of NAACP, um, a national NAACP. I got to meet him, and one of the most profound things that he said to us was, he said a lot of times what happens with NAACP is you have personality conflicts with people that they really are disguising as process and procedure. And that's why you really can't get things done. And that stuck with me so much because I feel like that can be used in any kind of thing. And I have to say that to try to get to my understanding of the point of, I feel like that's what happens in politics a lot, except that the personality conflict is actually racism it is actually uh grabbing it's greed it's actually harboring things you know um invite you know that's that's why we got all these different thrusts of how racism played out through process from environmental justice where you got towns all over the place where the pollutants were literally legislated downstream you know i mean just um and you have all these areas where these huge cancer pockets where black people are and things like that. So um, anyway, though, all of that, like Adrian, I went full circle on the meme. You know, I no, 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 no. That, no that's good. I think the meme is uh, very much like Fahotepian. I think it misses the mark of what the purpose of politics is, why we vote, how we vote. And um, sadly, I don't think that it's a mark on black people. I think it is a mark on the education system in America and how we have so thoroughly failed and been happy with being, we've been so focused on trying to, to, to not be equitable and trying to harbor things that we actually have perpetuated mass mediocrity that crosses, that crosses color lines. Mm -hmm. And, And we're not the educational and intellectual powerhouse that we once were. We think we are, but we are not, and and um, and it's catching up with us. You know what? I think I think those are both excellent takes. Uh, like I said, I I posted that mainly just to provoke thought because again, the way that I saw it was, you know, you can you can do both. Again, I'm I'm taking that from Adrian's normal take. It it, it can be both. You know, th- it doesn't have to be an either or thing. So. Uh, shout out to everyone that uh, participated in that. I mean, because honestly, it's just to get the thought train rolling. Uh, you know, we can't continue to just, you know, let things stay the way that they are. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of the Strange Fruits Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or criticism, please be sure to check out our Facebook page and sound off. See you next week.